This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Welcome to the Bolts Broadcast, a brand new hockey podcast, all about the Tampa Bay Lightning as part of the new Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Mike Mitchelson, and joining me today, Chase Crawshaw. How you doing today, Chase? Doing pretty good. Uh, I'm just feeling great, ready to talk some hockey. How about you? Yeah, I'm feeling well. Uh, it's a little gloomy outside, at least where I'm at. So, feeling a little bit... Uh, I don't know, relaxed, a little, little laid back. So today's a Thursday episode, obviously a little bit more laid back show. So it fits the mood lighting coming through my windows as of right now. And today we are going to do some news. And then uh, we talk a lot about prospects, Chase, and talk about or on Thursday episodes. We have, you know, Tampa prospects. And we have draft prospect profiles, all of that kind of stuff. But we do, we thought we'd do something a little bit different today. And we're going to look at the top 10 prospects that are currently owned by NHL teams. So the rules, we will go over those once we get to it. First, we got to hit news though, Chase. So let's first talk about that emergency backup goalie rule that was being contemplated. Uh, we talked about it in the last episode and we finally got our results. Yes, we did. Uh, the NHL GMs smartly decided that this rule is really not a concern. We're going to leave it as is. It's only happened a handful of times in the history of the NHL, like single-digit numbers. I'm pretty sure it's only been three or four. So, what? Like, why even bother changing this rule? It it just so happened to like occur two like two years in a row, and two great stories came out of it. Uh, it's this whole like circumstance of almost just like a complete just like stranger i know it's not a stranger like these are guys that like are still you know they're, they're goalies they've played like some level and you know, they're like from the area but it's pretty much just like you're taking a pedestrian off the street and you're throwing them in the net for an nhl game like it's, it's such a cool story i'm just, i'm so happy that they're leaving it yeah i agree with you we talked about it in the last episode how we really hoped this wouldn't change because just amazing stories great advertising i guess for the nhl uh you know, if you got a great story there in the NHL, people are going to latch onto it. They're going to be more interested in it. They're going to come over, watch our sport a little bit more just to see what it's all about. So I think it's great that the NHL is not changing this rule. And although we hope no injuries come to any of our goaltenders in the NHL as of right now, if something were to happen where a emergency backup goalie needs to come in, once again, we will gladly embrace that. Oh, yeah. So, Chase, next up, we get to talk about the proposed offside rule and a potential change that could be coming. Yeah, so this is one that I'm, I'm interested to see exactly how it would be uh, used, I guess, how it would be implemented. So uh, the the GMs voted to, uh, like, on this report, they, they, like, voted in favor of this proposal. So it's got to move on. It's not just a rule because GM's talking about it. It's got to go through the league process, blah, blah, blah. So what would happen is instead of the whole, like nowadays, 
if the skate is like off the ice, you know, it's so hard to judge if something's onside, offside, whatever, and you know, off the ice, and they're they're gonna try to lean one way or another. So now they're just trying to make it kind of like how the NFL. Once you break the plane, regardless of your, you know, of the balls in the air or on the ground, as long as it's in your possession, you break the plane. It's a touchdown. Same thing for the NHL. You break the plane regardless of where your foot is. You're officially crossing over the blue line. So this this will be good. It'll clear up a lot of confusion. But at the same time, when it comes to reviews, I feel like it's going to be a little bit harder to review because you got to look for like the right angles with the foots in the air. So it's going to be interesting, but it's it's a rule change that I'm in favor of. Okay, yeah, it should be interesting to see. And honestly, with the whole it may take a little bit or it may be a little more difficult to review and stuff. I'm just I I don't I don't like the whole reviewing system and it just adds, you know, 5-10 minutes to every game where you're just sitting there doing nothing. And I I just feel like not only in the NHL but uh you know, the NFL, the MLB as well. There, there's just reviews have taken over the sport when all I really want to see is the guys play. So uh, interesting to see. Hopefully it doesn't change anything too much. Um, it's going to have to, or players are going to have to get used to it too. It could cause some bad offsides on potential breakouts and goals and stuff like that. But yeah, so uh, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, like even if they do pass the rule change, I'm sure they would want to try it out in the American league or in the preseason first before they officially made the change. Yeah, so we'll see what happens with that. We'll keep you guys updated. Uh, Next up, we talk a little bit of coronavirus news. And I'm sure you guys know about the coronavirus. It's been all over the news, every single news platform. And we talked about how it affected the production of hockey sticks. Well, it's now affecting international play. Yeah, so this kind of sucks. The IHF has officially canceled four men's and two women's tournaments uh, that are being played like o- over in Europe, not, not the North American tournaments. So those tournaments being played over in Europe this year are a lot of the lower level division U18 tournaments, whereas the top division where the U.S. and Canada teams are playing in, that'll be in North America. That one is still on as of now. That'll be in, uh, in Michigan coming up here in a couple weeks. But uh, so these, these other levels where – you know, there's still prominent prospects, prominent NHL guys at some of these levels. Uh, they're or they're like U18 tournaments just being canceled. That, that sucks. It's it's a way for guys to kind of showcase themselves at an international level. It's it's you're kind of playing against heightened talent. So if you can truly dominate people, you know, it, it helps your draft stock. And it's just fun to watch international hockey. So it's gonna suck that those tournaments are canceled. And I think it's a bit of an overreaction because they're doing it more as a precautionary thing than anything. So it, it just seems a little like trigger happy to me i guess i see your point and it's super unfortunate because we want to watch as much hockey as possible including international play because international play is just outstanding to be able to see players compete for their country is awesome to see and it's one of our favorite times of the year when we can watch you know world juniors and olympics and stuff like that but the one thing i want to bring up this is going to be off topic of hockey a little bit here but with the coronavirus now, we're hearing more and more, you know, if you're feeling sick at all, stay home. But at least here in America, we're students, and I see this plastered all over my dorm walls. You know, if you're getting sick, stay home. But it seems like any time you need to call out of class or call out of work, you get 
like degraded for it. Like, what are you doing? You're calling in sick. What? Like, you're an awful employee or you're an awful student. But all this stuff is postered, so it doesn't make sense to me that the, uh, I guess, narrative in our country, at least, or at least where we live, is just so skewed. Yeah, no, I I agree with you 100 percent there. It's like it really doesn't make sense. It's all just kind of you know like contradictory. Uh, it's it's people want to want to take these health you know like risks and issues so seriously, but then when it comes time to actually take them seriously, they just seem not to. So it, it's it's all contradictory. All it doesn't make sense. I'm with you there. Yeah, who knows what's happening? Uh, anyway, stay safe. Hopefully, you guys uh can stay as as far away as you can from any type of disease, including this new coronavirus. Uh, But next up, Chase, we talk about men in blazers, and they're going to be doing some stuff with the NHL. Yeah, so anyone who doesn't know what men in blazers is, which is, it could be a pretty good amount of people listening, uh, what what it is is they are a a, a soccer show. Uh, Two men, Michael Davies and Roger Bennett, they... Uh, host this show where they talk about Premier League soccer. They've been doing it for quite a while. Uh, well, it turns out that they are also actually big hockey fans. They live here in North America, so they partnered up with the NHL to create this kind of once-a-week online show where they'll be interviewing players and uh, just you know, doing little segments and stuff with them called Men and Blazers on Ice. So it, it, it'll be pretty interesting. Uh, you know, Two guys that are pretty prominent in the sports world, I know, complete different sport like soccer and a lot of hockey fans tend to kind of resent soccer uh but it'll it'll still be cool it's something i'm gonna want to check out yeah and i think it'll open up the world of hockey to other people that are tuned into men and blazers because of their uh reach with soccer so it it could expand our game for sure and it'll just be exciting to watch two guys you know big into the sports world coming into our hockey world, which honestly seems kind of minute when you compare it to other sports. Uh, so we'd like to see our game continue to expand, and this will help that. Oh, yeah, 100%. It, it's going to be great. It, cause even, like, I'm sure soccer fans who don't watch hockey, just because it's men and boys, they'll be like, oh, maybe I'll go check it out and see, and then they find it interesting. Maybe they start watching hockey. Maybe hockey just becomes the number one sport in the world, and everybody's playing it within three days. That would be interesting, especially if it happened in three days. But we'll see what happens there. Uh, Definitely something to tune into if you guys are interested. Uh, You can find more information on that. Uh, I don't know, just Google it. Um, So next up, we're going to talk about the Nashville Preds and how they're offering free food to tornado victims. Yeah, so uh, unfortunately there was a little bit of a tornado in, in the Nashville area, so we're sending out our... Our thoughts, prayers, best wishes to everybody affected by that. Uh, good move by the organization. They're they're offering food to people who have been affected by this. Uh, it's it's I can't I have never had to go you know go through losing a home like this. So I can only imagine how tough it must be. So good on the Preds for offering this up, and hopefully those families can get their lives back on track soon. Yeah, all the best wishes from us to them. And Chase, that's one thing that I think. Everyone who is a sports fan absolutely loves about the sports community is teams, players, and just all fans really step up in moments of of need like this. And sports really is the one thing that'll bring everyone back together in a moment of crisis. Like, oh, one hundred percent. It's the best thing about sports is it creates a sense of inclusivity, a sense of 
kind of like a membership. And, you know, it's, it's just a big family. These random people that you don't even know, you just you bond with them, you grow close to them, all because you happen to be the fan, a fan of the same sports team or just sport in general. You know, that's that's the best part about sports is you know there's it's just so many diehard fans and there's just nothing like it in the world. Yeah, and that's why we continue to just. I don't even know. Sports is just the best thing in the world. That's all we're trying to say. It brings everyone together. So it's great to see Nashville reaching out to the victims of the tornado and and helping them out. And it's awesome to see that continue uh, everywhere. So next up, Chase, we are going to move on from the news to a new kind of uh, list type segment thing that we're doing. I mentioned earlier on in the episode that we do prospect profiles for team or for our Tampa team, and then we also do prospect profiles for the upcoming draft. Uh, so a lot of prospect talk over here, but we wanted to do a list for the top 10 prospects that are currently owned by NHL teams, and we'll go from 10 to 1. The exemptions for this list is you have to be under the age of 23, and also you have to be a rookie, obviously. And we took out some guys like uh, Rasmus Sandin, Igor Shosturkin, uh, players that have played a decent amount in the AHL or the NHL and have appeared, you know, here and there. So we're doing strictly uh, prospects. So Chase, let's kick it off with number 10. Who do we have as our number 10 prospect owned by an NHL team? So we kind of came together and decided that number 10 should be none other than Mr. Arthur Kaliev of the Hamilton Bulldogs of the Ontario Hockey League. So this is a name that we've brought up before. We're talking World Juniors. Uh, he is a big-bodied forward. You know, like he primarily plays on the right wing, 6'2", 190 pounds, just pure, just absolute sniper. Plays a game similar to Ovechkin, obviously at, at a lower level. He, he's not firing at the rate that Ovechkin fires at, but he is just the definition of a pure goal scorer. Uh, it's the season in the OHL has got 43 goals for 55 games, along with 97 points. Uh, had had a good World Junior tournament. He was it was the second round pick, which like was shocking to I know it was shocking to me and you. We thought he could have been a first rounder based off that pure talent. Uh, and some people might say that this is a bit of a bold statement saying that he's a top ten guy, but we just think his goal scoring ability is just too undeniable. Absolutely. Arthur Kaliev is going to be quite dominant over there in LA once he makes it on the team. Like you mentioned, he's lighting it up in Hamilton of the Ontario Hockey League, and we expect him to make that jump next year into uh, the LA Kings organization play for the NHL team, and he'll be alongside another player that we have in our top 10 prospects. So we're now going to move on to the next player. And for number nine, we've got Cole Caulfield, the Montreal Canadiens prospect. First round pick of 2019, 15th overall. He's a smaller guy, but very similar to Arthur Kaliev. He's a pure goal scorer. Cole Caulfield is currently playing for Wisconsin in the NCAA. Has 19 goals and 36 points through 34 games. Chase, I know you and I were both big fans of him because of his shot. And, you know, some people have worries about his height, but can he overcome that in the NHL? Dude, honestly, who the hell cares about how big or small you are in the NHL anymore? It doesn't matter. The game is not nearly as physical as it used to be. Speed kills, skill kills. He is one of the most skilled players in the league, like in the world outside of the NHL, excuse me. He's He's got some good speed. He has just an absolute ripper of a shot. He can score from literally any spot on the ice that he wants. 
he has so much just pure offensive talent that he's not going to be denied here. I almost want to say he's a lock to be an NHL high-end producer, but, you know, that's just kind of a bold statement to say just for even anybody in general. It's, it's kind of tough to make. But if someone's going to do it, like he, he's got, he's the type of guy who can very well easily do it. To have 36 points with 19 goals in 34 games, your first year playing college hockey on a Wisconsin team that is – very much underperforming this year. They have been very underwhelming. Everyone thought that the rookies were gonna or the freshmen were gonna come in and just play so well and the team's gonna be so dominant. They've struggled, but he has continued to be a dominant factor on that team. Uh, he didn't get the usage I thought he would in uh, the World Juniors. He only, he only had two points for five games, but the one tournament is not a detriment to anybody's game. He's going to be a good NHLer. Yeah, and Chase, we saw flashes from him in the World Juniors. Like you said, we didn't see as much of him as we would have wanted. And when we go back to the World Junior episodes, we talked about how we didn't think the coaching staff did a very good job with that American team. But we saw him in overtime do a tic-tac-toe play with Alex Turcotte, a teammate of his at Wisconsin, and it was an unreal play. Immaculate ended in a goal and a win for the United States. So just seeing these flashes, seeing how dominant he's been and in Wisconsin in his freshman year is a great thing to see for Montreal Canadiens fans. And they've got a gem here that they can look forward to in the upcoming years. Yeah, I I hope he's someone who can play the NHL next year, but I wouldn't be surprised if I, I don't I don't know if college is the best route for him, honestly. I think he, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he signs and starts in the American League or goes to junior or if he even makes the NHL team right away. I'd say the, all those possibilities are very much in the realm. Yeah, for sure. All right, Chase, next up we go to number eight, and our number eight guy is Vasily Podkolzin. Yeah, so Mr. Podkolzin is a guy who I was huge on coming to the 2019 draft. I wish he had a better draft season than he did. Uh, he didn't really get a lot of usage in the KHL. Granted, he was with St. Petersburg, and they're always one of the better teams in the league. It's a tough time for a young player to get up there and produce anything. Uh, but regardless, the main issue with him at the time of being drafted was he's not truly elite at everything. At, like anything, excuse me. He's just re- like pretty to really good at everything. Uh, I think this year, especially in the last month or so, he's really kind of coming to his own. He's played 30 games in the KHL, two goals, six assists, eight points. Had had a bit of a – he sold five points for seven games in the U-20s, but kind of underperformed, kind of expected a little more out of him. Uh, and his first half of the KHL season, he had just nothing. He had no points. He didn't score his first KHL points until pretty recently, not his first KHL goal until recently. But he's just been someone who's been absolutely on fire as a six foot one hundred and 192-pound winger who can just skate like the wind. He, he scores at a pretty high rate when he's playing against – when he's given a fair chance playing against his talent level, uh, he goes to the night, does the type of things that you want from an NHL player. He's going to be a very good top six guy, maybe even just flat out top liner for the Vancouver Canucks here soon. Yeah, for sure. And I know another thing that dropped Vasily Podkolzin, at least in his draft year, uh, he went 10th overall to the Vancouver Canucks, was the fact that no one really knew if he could get out of his contract over there in Russia and could come to North America right away. So that dropped him as well as a poor year. It's tough to really get a a true gauge on players overseas, especially when you don't know how long it'll be until they come to North America. But as of right now, the Vancouver Canucks are looking like they got a truly 
great prospect in Vasily Podkolzin, and that's why we have him at number eight. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, He's got another year in his contract in Russia. He'll play that out, and he, I will be shocked if he's not ready to come over and ready to play top six minutes by then. Uh, so just be ready, Canucks fans. It'll be soon. Yeah, most definitely. Next up, we talk about... A guy that we've hinted at in both the Arthur Kaliev discussion and Cole Caulfield discussion, uh, he currently plays for Wisconsin in the NCAA, and he is a L.A. Kings prospect. This is Alex Turcotte. Alex Turcotte, yeah, he is a very legit, like, he's an offensive producing center who's still reliable in his own zone. I, I'd say he's good in all aspects of the game. Uh, at 5'11", 185, definitely isn't a bigger guy, but I, as I mentioned, that, that just flat out doesn't matter anymore. He's uh, he's just a true playmaker when it comes to the offense side of the game. He can put the puck in the net if he needs to. He's got enough talent to do it. He's another guy who didn't get the usage I thought he should have at the U20 tournament. was kind of put in bad situations. Kind of, you get to hope for a little more. But with 26 points through 27 games right now at Wisconsin as a freshman, it's still impressive to be close to a point per game or at a point per game as a freshman playing college hockey, regardless of where you're playing. It's tough to do. So this is a guy who I thought was maybe going to sign an NHL contract, play the American League, or play a year junior this season instead of going to college. I thought that was the route that L.A. was going to take with him, but they decided not to. I would be shocked if he's not a pro player next year. Yeah, most definitely. I I think from this point forward, Turcotte we have here at number seven and then seven to that one spot. I think you and I both think all of these guys are able to have an NHL impact immediately as of next year. So we'll see what happens there. Alex Turcotte, a, a great player. Chase, like you said, it was tough to see him not get utilized to the best of his abilities in the World Juniors. Uh, we would have liked to see him more. But one reason why we didn't see him as much is because our number six prospect absolutely dominated the World Juniors for the United States, and this is Trevor Zegras. Yes, he did. Mr. Trevor Zegras is a guy who's similar to Turcotte, is a great gifted playmaker who's good two-way i'm gonna be honest ziggurat i liked him at his draft last year but i felt like i i wasn't sold on him for a reason i wasn't sold on his high-end ability i thought he kind of benefited just from being on that really good uh like u20 or the us ncdp team obviously like he's a talented player i thought he should have been a first rounder but i wasn't sure on him being you know a top 10 guy uh, he goes ninth overall to the ducks and he's having a very good season with Boston right now at Boston University. 34 points through 31 games with 11 goals, 23 assists. Uh, he had nine assists through five games at the World Junior Championship. He was USA's probably best player, in my opinion. Uh, he, he really showed that he does have that high-end ability that I didn't know was there. I, I would be surprised, as you know, we mentioned already, if he's not pro next year, should be in the NHL. He's definitely got the talent. Yeah, I agree with you, Chase. I was in the same exact boat as in uh, at the beginning of last year's draft, you and I both had Turcotte over Zegras, obviously. That is how it panned out as well, with Turcotte going five, Zegras going nine. And I think you and I both thought Turcotte could be an elite playmaker, but also very good in his own end. Whereas Zegras, we saw as being a very good two-way forward. We weren't sure if he had that high-end offensive talent. This year, 
he has really shown that. And it's got to be very exciting for Anaheim fans. Uh, currently, us with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Unfortunately, none of our prospects are in this top 10. Um, you know, one of our former prospects we just traded away during this little trade deadline uh, trading season, Nolan Foote. He was maybe a little bit closer to this list than anyone we currently have in the system. But Anaheim fans, they can be very happy about Trevor Zegras as he has really proven this year in World Juniors and in college that he does have that high offensive ceiling. Oh, 100%. He's like, I, I just, I really didn't see this coming. I really thought he was going to have, you know, a solid freshman year, not, you know, make it, be above like half a point per game, but not be at this rate but man he yeah he has exceeded my expectations already most definitely all right chase we now move on to our number five spot this is a guy that you and i have talked about extensively and it really sucks for us tampa fans because he is a part of the florida panthers franchise our in-state rivals and this is spencer knight the goaltender yeah dude this guy like he's just he's just so gifted as a goalie He's got everything you can ask for. He's got size. He has the agility. He has the speed. He has the reflexes. He has the senses. He, he thinks the game so well. He just he can right, raise his level to like, any level he needs to play at. I think he was a more like I think if he was thrown into an NHL situation this year, he'd be able to handle himself. I don't know if he could start like a full season. I think that'd be a little much for him. But I think if he were caught up for a couple games, need to play, he would have been able to perform fine. Uh, that shows with his numbers at Boston College for 31 games. His one nine seven goals against and nine two nine save is just stupid. Yeah, a hundred percent. We saw him at World Juniors. He struggled a little bit at first in the preliminary rounds, but once he started to get a little bit settled in, he performed spectacular. Uh, in the game, they got eliminated. Only let up one goal against Finland. His team could not help him by scoring on the Finns. Uh, mentioning his college numbers, Chase, he said he had a 929 save percentage, a 197 goals against. Well, that, when we look at past college goaltenders, Thatcher Demko is one I wanted to bring up. He was phenomenal for the United States back in the you know 2014-2015 years in World Juniors. He's currently on the Vancouver Canucks playing well and looks like he's going to be the future starting goaltender for the Vancouver Canucks for years and years to come. Well, this freshman season by Spencer Knight is better than every single season of Thatcher Demko's except for Thatcher Demko's last, which was only a 9.35 save percentage. And, and again, Spencer Knight's got a 9.29 in his freshman year. So he's been absolutely spectacular, better than Thatcher Demko, and Thatcher Demko looks like he's going to be a future starter for years and years. Yeah, there, there's just so much to be excited for as a Florida like, for Florida fan. For Florida fans, excuse me, geez, uh, you know, a lot to be nervous about as as a Tampa podcast, Tampa fans. You know, it was, he's going to be a legit threat for a very long time in the NHL. Yeah, and that's good to see for Florida fans because they brought over Bobrovsky. He has not lived up to what they thought he would. So you got Spencer Knight coming. Another guy coming though with our number four spot. Another Florida Panther prospect. This is Grigory Denisenko. And Chase, this is really tough for us. Two of our top five prospects are Florida Panther prospects. Yeah, it's definitely not fun. Uh, so, Grigor Denisenko, for anyone who like doesn't know about him by now, I think a lot of hockey fans that pay any attention to like junior hockey, European hockey, or international hockey know about him at this point. 
Uh, as a former 15th overall pick by the Florida Panthers, he's 5'11", 181, plays on the wing, has just pure, absolute offensive ability, uh, playing in the KHL uh, on Lokomotiv Yaroslav this year. He's got six goals, six assists, 12 points through 38 games. He also put up nine points uh, through seven games while captaining Russia at the U-20 World Championship. He, he's a dude who just, he has a really high-end skill level. He's got great speed. He can shoot the puck. He can pass. He can dangle. He can kind of do everything with it. The reason the numbers aren't higher is because kids don't really play very much in the KHL. If he were given more ice time and given more of a fair chance, had you know some even some better teammates, like he, he could be putting up some real numbers. I think he comes over to the NHL next year, immediately slots in the top six, and impresses the hell out of the league. Yeah, and you know that you know one thing that is absolutely crazy to me, Chase, is for the World Junior Championships last year he had nine points through seven games, and then this year he was the captain of the Russian team. He was expected to absolutely dominate this tournament. He put up nine points again through seven games, but this was considered a down year for Grigory Denisenko in the World Junior Championships, yeah. which is insane to think that someone could be scoring over a point per game and that's a down year. So Grigory Denisenko, immense amount of talent. And like you said, we should see him in Florida as of next year. Yeah, 100%. You got it. All right, Chase. Next up, we get into our top three. And our next three are... Uh, very interesting. I, I think our top two kind of slot ahead of everyone, but this number three guy uh, definitely deserves to be here, and that's Alexander Romanov. He most certainly does. So Alexander Romanov is one hell of a defenseman. Uh, he's a Montreal Canadiens prospect. was a second-round pick in 2018. They got quite the value on this kid. Uh, he's 5'11", 185, but he's really good in all aspects of the game. He's a big hitter. He can shut down D. You can use him on your top power play. You can use him in every situation. He's going to be a guy who can come in and just eat big minutes for a Montreal team that, that could use you know a really good infusion of talent on the back end. Like they, They've got some some good defense, don't get me wrong, and some solid younger guys. But to get Romanov to come in and immediately produce would be huge for them. Yeah, most definitely. And Chase, we talked about it in last Thursday's episode, how the Montreal Canadiens got offered a first and Jake Bean for Jeff Petrie. Could you imagine if they did that and then had Romanov and Bean as their future top two on the defensive pairing? That would be absolutely unreal. Yeah, they'd, they'd be in a, in a very good spot. They'd have very high scoring back on. They'd have two pretty deadly power plays. Yeah, and then Alexander Romanov, going back to him, he was absolutely phenomenal in the World Junior Championships. And I think that's really where he made a name for himself. Not a lot of people knew exactly who he was coming into the World Junior Championships, but after what he did in that tournament, he won defensive or defenseman of the tournament, I believe, right? Yeah. Yeah, so the guy was absolutely phenomenal. Assistant captain for Russia and... Gosh, he just looked so amazing. He has to be here at our number three spot and very lucky for the Montreal Canadiens to have someone like that in their system. Oh, definitely. And his he has seven assists to 43 games, so I can't remember if we mentioned that or not. I don't think we did. Like, I don't want people to be like, oh, only seven points. Wow, he, you know, he's got no offense. Dude, he's 19, 20 years old. He's playing in the KHL. He still doesn't even get trusted for the minutes that he deserves to play, as we already mentioned with kids. So like, don't expect these crazy numbers. The fact that he's got those seven points as it is, and he's a plus 21, is, is enough you know, showing 
and telling that how good of a player that he really is. Yeah, most definitely. All right, Chase, let's now move on to our number two prospect owned by an NHL team, and this is Bowen Byram. Yeah, Bowen Byram, man. He had a hell of a season last year with the Vancouver Giants. This is a freaking defenseman who had 26 goals and 71 points for 67 games in his draft year. Just absolutely phenomenal. Colorado got the privilege of taking him fourth overall. Uh, They can thank the Ottawa Senators for that one. So they get a free Bowen Byram and to freaking pair with Kale McCarr for the next 20 years. Man, that's going to be fun to play against. It's it's just going to be ridiculous. Uh, He kind of was having a down year a little bit this this year, Bowen Byram. Uh, He's got 48 points through 47 games right now, uh, which is still very good. It's still above a point per game, but I, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but over his last, like, 17 games he has like 37 points or something something like crazy like that like he he's just been on fire right now after having a kind of slow start and he's just rolling and he's gonna roll perfectly into the colorado lineup next year yeah i i still think it's absolutely crazy that the colorado avalanche give up matt duchene who let's be honest hasn't been really great in quite a few years and they pick up bowen byram because ottawa decided to keep their pick take Brady Kachuk the year prior. Brady Kachuk's a great player. He's definitely a great player. Um, but, man, oh, man, Bone Byram next to Kale McCarr is going to be insane. You got your more offensively gifted Kale McCarr. Uh, Bone Byram is phenomenal, has elite vision, elite pass passing. So it's not like he can't produce as well on the offensive side, but I think that's a great pairing because Byram is very good shut down in his own zone as well. So Kale McCarr can afford to hop into the offensive game a little bit more often with Byram uh, as his pair. Yeah. If, if they can like truly build that relationship and become like a deep pair together, that could be one of the best deep pairs that the NHL's ever seen. And the one problem is they're going to have to pay those two and Nathan McKinnon here soon. So uh, have fun, Colorado. Yeah, between those two, Nathan McKinnon, Mika Ranton, and Gabriel Landis-Cog, you know, they've got all this just great talent that, you know, having that great talent comes having to pay them off. But if they can capitalize while they still have these guys on cheaper deals for the next couple of years, get a cup in there somewhere, then it's a big victory for them. And I still think they'll be able to pull off paying all of them. It's just going to cost them a lot of money. Oh, yeah, most definitely. All right, Chase, let's now move on to our number one player, and I feel like most people should expect this. Uh, Shout out to our friends over on the Soda Pod. It's your boy, Kirill Kaprizov. This kid is just, uh, he is a supreme talent. So he's currently 22 years old. He's a 5'10", 201-pound winger playing in KHL. He has had the four most productive seasons for a U-22 like year old or like in cage history, some some weird specific, I don't know the exact wording of uh, the statistic, but he's he's been pretty much the the best like under twenty two player the KHL's ever seen. Uh, right now he's coming off of a thirty three goal, sixty two point game uh, season through fifty seven games, which is just stupid in the KHL. It's this is a league where it's really hard to score and scoring is low. You see some pretty high goals against, or some pretty like good goals against the saves. Like a goalie will often have like you know nine thirty saves and like a one something goals against. So for a guy to be scoring thirty three goals and over a point per game shows just how dominant he is. He was 
already a focal point of an Olympic team for Russia back in 2017-2018. He dominated the U-20s, uh, his, the year that he was the captain of the team in 16-17. Uh, it's just amazing that because he's Russian and because he stayed over in Russia for a few years, Minnesota only had to spend a fifth-round pick on this guy, and he could like he's coming over after the season. His contract's up in the KHL. He could play 15 years in the NHL and just dominate. Yeah, it's absolutely shocking what this kid is doing. He currently sits third in the KHL for scoring, which is just mind-numbing seeing how good this kid is. Uh, He's constantly, since back in 16-17, constantly showed how talented he is with nearing a point per game since 2016-2017. It's going to be absolutely phenomenal to see him come over and play, see what he can do in the NHL. The one thing I fear... He might not have the help in Minnesota. You know, it could be an issue, but Minnesota, they do have some young players coming in. There. Like, there's a guy that we didn't mention. If we did honorable mentions, he could have been someone that was very much in that list. Matthew Boldy's having an absolutely dynamite second half to his college season right now. They've got Kevin Fiala, who's in the NHL performing at a crazy high level. They traded for Galchenyuk. Maybe he figures out his game finally in Minnesota. So they have some pieces there, some, like, good young pieces, some some good ability. So hopefully... It all kind of comes together for them, and Kaprizov can go and just dominate. Yeah, and it would have been cool, too, if we saw that Zach Parise trade actually pan out, see what they could have got back in return for Zach Parise, add a little bit of help next year for Kirill Kaprizov. But that's it for our top 10 list, guys. Let us know what you think. Do you guys agree, disagree? You can let us know on our Twitter, at Bolts Broadcast. But now, Chase, we're going to take a look at the results of our poll, and then we're going to announce a new poll. Our last poll involved you know our excuse me our whole trade deadline kind of season it was we, we wanted you to kind of grade our all of our moves all of our deadline moves uh it was through a a through f for the letters d and f were in the same grade uh but we wanted you guys to let us know why you voted that way unfortunately no one even no one responded voting like or why they voted which way they did but the votes ended up being 42 percent for d slash f 33% for B, 17% for C, and then 8% for A. So some people thought that it was an A deadline. I didn't think it was quite that level, but I I first thought it was around a B. I thought the moves were it – was, it was a bit too much value, but they were good moves that can hopefully help us in the playoff run. Yeah, and I went for the C route. I'm a little more bullish on the trades than Chase just because I haven't seen the results come from it yet. We haven't seen Blake Coleman or Barclay Gaudreau really do anything exceptional on our team yet, and you know they haven't even been producing points-wise. We brought them over, yes, for their grit and uh, a nice little punch when it comes to the playoffs, but we also brought them over to produce and we haven't seen that yet so I give him a C uh, I can understand people going B or even D or F just because of it was so much value I don't really understand the A moves that's got to be people that are just very optimistic about the team yeah I, I I'd agree with that our new poll kind of ties in a little bit with what we were just talking about with the prospects but it's going to focus on our team uh, so who do you think is the best prospect within our system uh, we get with three names, Kellen Foot, Alexander Volkov, and Alex Barry Boulay. So, and it's also going to be another option, too. So if you think it's someone other than them, uh, click that option and let us know who you think it is. So that'll be up just in time with this episode. Yeah, most definitely. Make sure you don't click other and then say Nolan Foot because, unfortunately, he is gone. Uh, all right, Chase, let's now get to hockey name of the day, and then we can outro this bad boy. All righty. 
All right, we've got Alexander Barabanov. Yes, sir. So, see, not too difficult of a name today. Just a little fun one to say. That's uh, a name that that I like. Uh, so this kid, I, not really kid. He's going to be 26 by the time the next season rolls around. But Alexander Barabanov is going to be someone who I would expect to come over to North America this year. He spent a lot of seasons in the KHL. He's put up some pretty good numbers. Having a bit of a down year this year. But his prior season, this year, I'll talk about numbers first this year, 11 goals, 9 assists, 20 points through 43 games with Scott St. Petersburg. Last year, he put up 17 goals, 29 assists, 46 points through 58 games. So he is kind of having a bit of a down year this year. Had a good year last year, uh, was on the Olympic team in 2017-18. He's someone who just, he, he didn't get drafted for whatever reason, uh, whatever reasons that there were when it was time for his draft. But spent some time in the KHL, developed, and looking like he could be an NHL player. Yeah, it'd be cool to see. And Chase, honestly, if it's a Russian name, it may not be difficult, but it'd still be fun to say because Russian names are just always fun to say, at least in my opinion. Romanov, Barbanov, uh, Ovechkin's not as great, like Morozov. The ones with the Ovs, love those. Exactly. All right, Chase, let's hit him with an outro. All right, I want to thank you all for listening. If you could check us out on Patreon, I'd really appreciate it. Uh, you can become a patron for as low as a dollar. It goes up from there different awards at different price points uh you guys contributing to us that way shows us that you care shows us that you're interested in what we're doing lets us create some new content gives us the drive to want to try to be our best uh, so if you could do that we'd really appreciate it uh if you could follow us on twitter at bolts broadcast that'd be swell that is at bolts broadcast follow the hockey podcast network on twitter at hockey podnet that's at hockey podnet they're doing giveaways right now we're doing a uh a mock draft kind of challenge like a, like a draft lottery challenge thing so go check out that go get it on that uh make sure to check out the hockey podcast network.com you can find all 31 teams podcasts right there you just click on the logo boom takes you right to the soundcloud link just in there nice easy peasy lemon squeezy uh wherever you're listening rate us five stars leave a comment tweet at us send us a dm email us reach out to us however you can uh, with any questions comments concerns if it's something that you'd like us to talk about uh just let us know Most definitely. Thanks so much for listening, guys, and we'll talk to you next time.